Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, we should probably start with the big news today. Ladies and gentlemen, Boxer Tony Phil. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Now this second day of February 2018, Punxsutawney Phil, the seer of seers, prognosticator of all prognosticators, was awakened at sunrise from his burrow. In Groundhog Ease, he directed the president of the inner circle to his prognostication scroll, which reads, So here is my forecast. Not lead, but solid gold. I see my royal shadow. Six more weeks of winter to go. Wait for it. Dilly, dilly. That's the best part. That's the best part of the whole thing. Winter schminter. Dilly, dilly is what the groundhog is now. Whoever, I hope the Bud Light employee or whoever works for their advertising agency that wrote that dilly dilly. I mean, you've even got the groundhog saying it in his in his annual uh, weather report. What's up, everybody? My name is Mark K. This is the Mark K Show, and thank you uh, thank you so much for joining me today. So much going on today, and yet nothing going on today. It's one of those days. We continue to wait for the release of the memo. Release the memo! Yeah, they're working on it. I don't know what's taking so long. It's Friday already. You'd think, you'd think that they'd release it on Thursday when people still actually care about it but now they're releasing it on friday and it's almost noon if they don't get it out quick it's going to get buried in the weekend uh, news dump and you know the super bowl is this weekend so that's the end of that it i don't know if there's anything in this memo now or not you know, the conventional wisdom and, and Jamie Dupree and, and people have been covering these kinds of stories for a lo- lot longer than I have. will tell you that anything that comes out on friday is uh is is coming out on friday to be buried if if this if this memo were as damaging as as everyone had talked about, if this were really the the nail in in the special prosecutor's coffin, if it were going to expose massive corruption in the FBI, it would have been out way sooner, so we could have talked about it all week. So it wouldn't get buried on a Super Bowl weekend. But now, I mean, you know, tick tock, the clock is uh, the clock is ticking on this, and it looks like this memo supposedly will be coming out sometime today. But today may be too late. For any kind of any kind of impact now, especially since, you know, we know how we know how the mainstream media works. Uh, but but that's that's the big news story. Everybody is is still on baited, you know, waiting with bated breath. John Kelly was weighing in about how uh, th- this memo is not everything that, that it's been built up to be and that that, you know, the, the media has been hyping it and the, the FBI has been coming out against it in a show of force. They, they're basically trying to build it up um, so that when it does come out, it's, it's almost disappointing in nature. But I believe uh, I believe that what what you're going to see is that had this memo been released earlier, maybe immediately following the State of the Union or yesterday, there would I think every minute that they wait to release this thing is a minute that they're it's going to lose some of its oomph. But, you know, as I sat here and I and I thought about this thing, as I sat here and I thought about all of the, the problems that we've had, Carter Page and whatnot, it reminded me a lot of the Patriot Act. And you remember how remember how the Patriot Act, everybody was all offended and upset and, you know, they hated George Bush and they were saying the Republicans needed to the Republicans needed to, to get rid of the Patriot Act. And when it finally expired, they were all thrilled because because it was a violation of civil rights, which are things that only Democrats have. Apparently, 
It's a thing that only Democrats have. Basically, what happens is when you have a bunch of civil rights and when you have a bunch of people who believe their their civil rights are being violated, they'll cause a stink. But when they believe that the civil rights or rights of somebody they hate are being violated, they will do the opposite. They will they will shut up and, and be quiet. And that's kind of what's happening here. This FISA warrant. You know, this FISA warrant to to investigate or to listen in on on Carter Page to, you know, investigate a member of Donald Trump's campaign team. If you think about this, this is this is very there's very little difference between this and what happened with the Patriot Act, except for the amount of uproar you see coming from the left. You've got a private individual working for a company, working for a political campaign, being being investigated and listened into by the FBI, by a court order from a dossier that was fake. And all of this, had it happened during George Bush or had it happened under the Patriot Act, would have been an, an entirely different scenario. It is completely, it is completely one-sided. Uh, that's why I think that the longer this memo takes to come out, the less and less effective it is. And that's why I was hoping it would be out by now. Again, I wanted to read it verbatim, you know, word for word, go through it with you and let you know what's uh, what's in on it. But if it doesn't happen till later this afternoon, you know, quite frankly, I don't think I don't think it's going to have I don't think it's going to have the effect, the desired effect that everyone was hoping that it would. And will it throw off the special prosecutor? Probably not. It's got to you know, it's got to say some stuff and it's also got to be reported. And that's the problem. That's the problem, because the mainstream media, they're not going to report it anyway. When you look at the agencies that will report any kind of information in this memo that is that is that is taking pot shots at the FBI, that is that is going to expose the uh, the anti-Trump bias. When you're looking at any of these agents, I know what they're going to do. They're going to hide it. And the only the only places where you're going to get this kind of coverage are on talk radio, you know, a certain number of websites and blogs. But during the weekend, during a Super Bowl weekend, everybody else's mind is elsewhere. So timing is, of course, everything. And as I said before, I think the timing here, uh, you know, I think we're I think we're we're running out. So we got to get this thing going. Release the memo. Yeah, I'm with him. Uh, anyway, now another now positive news for the president is that uh, the Rasmussen company has uh, has released their latest tracking poll of the president's uh, approval rating. And I'll be honest with you, I was a little, I don't, and again, polls, schmoles, right? We all know, we all know what happened with polls in the last election. We all read them, we didn't believe them, and in the end, they all turned out to be wrong. However, when a poll's positive, I tend to, I tend to give it a little more credit. Because I think it's very, it's very easy to, to create a fake poll. But it's very difficult, it's a totally different story when you have a poll that's positive. Because there's really no reason for anyone uh, you know, any of the, these reporting agencies, Rasmussen or Gallup or any of them, there's no reason for any of them to report a positive poll on the president. So when you see something that has a positive impact, it really kind of catches my eye just because, you know, it's like one of these things is not like the other. If you walk outside every day and the sky's blue and then all of a sudden you walk out one day and the sky's blood red, you're going to notice it. You're going to be like, whoa, why is the sky blood red? Something must be. Something's going on. So when you look at the daily presidential tracking polls and the approval polls for Donald Trump, and it's like Donald Trump's approval rating sinks to new low, Donald Trump below 40, Donald Trump 10 points lower than Obama at this time in his presidency. For a first-year president, Donald Trump holds lowest. When you read that every single day, it's like the sky is blue, the sky is blue, the sky is blue. And then all of a sudden today you walk out and you see uh, you know, a big spike in Donald Trump's approval rating. Uh, 49% of likely U.S. voters approve of the president's job performance 
49%. When you see that, that is like walking out into a blood red sky. And you're like, whoa, wait, what? Because there is no benefit to anybody uh, in the Democratic Party, anybody in the media, anybody at the Rasmussen Reports or anybody at any of these other organizations that do these polling, uh, you know, that, that have this polling information. There's no benefit to them to have a positive presidential approval poll about Donald Trump. But here it is. I'm looking at it. Forty nine percent of likely U.S. voters approve of the president's job performance. That is a ridiculously high number. That is, a, that is a high number for any president. To get almost 50% of people behind anything is really an incredible feat, especially when you look at what, uh, what's been going on. Now, now, I always look at these polls two ways. Number one, when it's positive toward the president, I feel like there's more honesty behind it or it's more accurate than if it's just another negative report. And number two, you have to really think when you look at all of the hurdles that Donald Trump has when he's trying to get his message out there, whether it's the Democrats, whether it's the media, which, again, are almost one and the same, whether it's, you know, the Republicans who attack the never Trumpers. When you look at all of these factions of individuals who are just in there every single day trying to undo what he's doing and trying to negate whatever positivity he's trying to spread, I feel that. A 49 percentage point, if it were any other president, would be like a 53 or a 54 approval rating. You know, like you have to give Donald Trump, you, you have to you have to do it on a bell curve. Because Donald Trump is the most hated political figure probably in the last 50 years. You know, so they always compare him, what, to Joe McCarthy, to Hitler? All right, so there you go. And of the century, Donald Trump's in like the top three most hated political figures ever easily one of the most hated presidents by uh, a majority of the Democratic Party and the media. And because of all this, I feel you got to give the guy a couple more points. You know, when you grade it on a curve, a 49 percent for Donald Trump is like a 54 percent for for George Bush or or like a 60 percent for Barack Obama. When you've been so low for so long, whether it's accurate or not, and then you pop to 49 percent. That's huge. Second of all, it proves that the State of the Union was just as impressive and inspirational and effective as everybody. Uh, well, not everybody, but as, as people were saying, none of what the Democrat, none of the ways Democrats tried to spin it. You know, they tried to say it was divisive, that the uh, the president lied, that he was supposed to you know, reach across the aisle. Well, clearly it did just that because this isn't a small spike. This is a huge spike. It's like a six-point spike from before the speech to now. Six points in a matter of three days, and all he did was give a one-hour and 20-minute speech. That proves 100% that the speech did exactly what it was intended to do and exactly what it was heralded to do. And that is reach across the aisle and say, here is my bipartisan plan. Here is how we need to work together to make America great again. And now you've got the poll to prove it. That's not even the most interesting part of this poll. I'm going to be honest with you. That ain't even the fact that Donald Trump is sporting a 49% approval rating from Rasmussen. That's not even the, uh, that's just the cake. I'm going to tell the tell you the icing here in just a minute. This is the Mark K Show, 3401045 if you want to get in. We'll be right back on News 104.5 WOKV. This is the Mark K Show. My name's Mark K. Oh, breaking news. It's Friday! It's actually fake news Friday. Don't forget about that. We've got some fake news coming up here in just a minute. Your chance to win a coveted News 104.5 uh, 
uh, WOKV coffee mug. We have a big stack of them, and it's dwindling. Uh, don't worry, we'll uh, we'll restock. Uh, that's coming up here in just a little while. We're just talking to uh, Rich Jones on the hallway about how today's a big news day, and also not. A, it's like it's like hollow news. You know, it's like it's like a hollow eggshell. I mean, we've got this memo that we're all just still waiting for. And as soon as it's released, we're going to find out what's going on at the Super Bowl. But that's not really till Sunday. And we all, you know, there's no real, you know, nothing to talk about until then. Uh, and then, of course, you've got this other story about um, about the uh, the felons voting in in Florida. In fact, they just we were talking about this earlier in the week because there was a there was a uh, an amendment to the Constitution, the Florida State Constitution proposed allowing felons to finally vote after they serve their prison term. And it's something that there were enough signatures for, so it will be on the ballot and we'll all get to vote for it come, uh, you know, voting come November. Except, of course, if you're a felon, because right now you still you still can't. Uh, but then, of course, this this um, verdict was handed down uh, based on a, a, a lawsuit against uh, Governor Rick Scott. And this judge has now declared that this is a, a an unconstitutional law. And that uh, the uh, governor needs to go in with his committee and reevaluate it quickly. So it's kind of a, you know, nothing's changed. It'll still be on the ballot. And, you know, it's still in effect right now. Velens cannot vote. Uh, but now Governor Scott's going to have to go back to court or go back to reevaluate or, you know, figure out the next move. But it's becoming very quickly a hot button issue. However, despite the fact that this judge has now ruled that it's unconstitutional, nothing has changed. It's still a thing. So, like I said, hollow Newsday, but that memo hopefully will will uh, will come out soon and change it all. In the meantime, in the meantime, uh, let's get back to Donald Trump's approval rating because, as I pointed out before, it's not just the fact that his approval rating has spiked to to forty nine percent, which, if you think about it, again, very good approval rating for any president, extremely good for Donald Trump. Extremely good when you see what this president has had to overcome. So I would tally on another four or five points just, you know, to make it like we're grading on a curve. You know, we're great. This is a a 49 for Donald Trump is the equivalent of a 55 or 60 for Barack Obama, just, you know, to give you fair to give you fair warning. But here's here are the other parts of this same Rasmussen poll that came out today that are extremely interesting. The number one is that voters think Trump is more likely to achieve his goals than most presidents. Think about that. Think about that. 49% approval rating, which means that, you know, only 49% of registered or likely voters uh, thinks that Donald Trump's doing a great job. Now, that's a great position to be in, especially when you are somebody who is divisive, as Donald Trump can be, someone who is argumentative, someone who is outside the norm. But when you look at that number, 49%, and yet you contrast it with a, a, a number that is in the majority that thinks even though they don't approve of what you're doing, they believe that you are more likely to achieve your goals than most presidents. That's the key. That's the key. They don't, this is why, this is why the media and the Democrats and everybody who's anti-Trump is so anti-Trump. This is the real reason they hate the guy. Not because of what he says, not because of what he tweets, but because they don't like what he says, they don't like what he tweets, and they know that he, more than anyone else, is likely to do it. 3401045. That's the real danger. If you hate somebody, but you believe that they're capable of doing what you hate, that's when you get scared. 3401045. Your phone call's coming up here in just a minute. This is the Mark K Show on News 1045 WOKV. Release the memo! 
We are waiting. We are waiting for that memo to be released. Hopefully sometime today. Trump it up. Yeah, and we will uh, we will get you the information. Just keep it locked here because whether it's me or Rush or the uh, the news team, uh, you're going to get the information that you need regarding the uh, the memo when it's released. Again, hopefully today. First though, I'm watching the uh, I've got Fox News Channel in the uh, in the corner, and they're talking about the same thing we're talking about. We're talking about you know the State of the Union and 62 percent calling it excellent or even good, and Donald Trump saying even the haters gave us good reviews, and that appears to be the case when you look at the latest presidential approval polls. Uh, you've got the tracking poll from Rasmussen reports giving Trump a 49% approval rating. Now, if any of you ever read polls or, or listen to this station, you know that that is exquisite for a president like Donald Trump. That is an exquisite uh, approval rating, 49%. And this is just two days after the speech. The only reason Trump gets this bump is from this speech. That's how well-crafted and well-received and well-executed it was. The second thing, though, the second part of this is they asked people, do you believe that Donald Trump can can execute the points in his plan that he laid out in his speech? Meaning Donald Trump in the State of the Union said, I'm going to do all these things. Can he do it? And this is the fascinating part of this is that a majority of voters think that Trump is more likely to achieve his speech goals than most presidents, which means they may have liked Barack Obama more. They may have liked Bill Clinton more. They may have liked George Bush more. But they think that Donald Trump is more likely to actually do the stuff that he says he's going to do. And despite the fact that he's below 50 percent, he is above it when it comes to actually carrying out his agenda. And that is why. That is why you have so many Democrats so petrified with fear, so angry, so obnoxious about it. That's why you have a constant onslaught, because it's not that people don't like what Donald Trump has to say. It's not like Donald Trump saying anything new. People have been saying we need stronger border security for years. You know, no one no one's been saying, you know, one's been saying, oh, the economy needs to be weaker. Everybody's been saying we need a stronger economy. We need lower taxes. We need better trade agreements. But Donald Trump gets out there. He takes a much firmer stand on it all. He doesn't put up with any BS. And then he actually goes out and gets it done. So when Donald Trump says, I'm going to do something, the Democrats, who typically don't like what Republicans say they're going to do, don't like it even more because finally there's somebody in the White House that they think actually couldn't get it done. And it scares the hell out of them. It's it's more fear than it is anger. It's more fear of somebody who is powerful and can produce than it is anger at somebody. Because they were angry at George Bush, but they just ridiculed him. They just laughed at him. They didn't think he was going to be able to get anything done. You know, they same thing with Reagan. When Reagan was president, they understood that he had the power to get stuff done. He was probably one of the last most effective Republican presidents. George Bush, the first, he only lasted four years because, again, they didn't think he was going to get anything done. He didn't really. He didn't really. And now you've got a president that not only do people not necessarily not agree with, but they think is more effective than any other president at this point in their administration. And that's the huge number. That's the huge thing that people need to realize is that they see him as an enemy, but they see him as an effective enemy. And if you if you're going into battle and you and you look across from you and you see somebody who you just believe is going to stop at nothing to defeat you, 
then you are going to fight harder and you are going to be more petrified and you are going to do and say things that you've probably never done before. And, that you know, a lot of people call the Democrats deranged. They say they're blinded by their hatred. It's not hatred so much as it is fear. And that's what this new poll is showing us, because a 49 percent approval rating is great. But what's even better is that people believe Donald Trump will do this stuff even more. They loved what Barack Obama had to say. Barack Obama's speeches got, what, 60, 70 percent? He had a 60 percent approval rating, I think, when he was leaving office or the year before he left office. And I, and you know everybody thought, eh, he's probably not going to be able to do all this stuff, but we still like what he said. Which kind of a president would you rather have? 340-1045. There is one other uh, part of this poll that I would like to bring up, and that is the that is the mention of the special prosecutor. Because... 40, I'm sorry, 62% of Republicans, a total of 49% of registered voters, believe there should be a special prosecutor to investigate the FBI. Again, this is from the latest Rasmussen report. Voters think a special prosecutor is needed to see if the nation's top cops have been playing politics. 49% of likely U.S. voters, which is, when you look at the margin of error, it's basically half. Half the country believes a special prosecutor should be named to investigate whether senior FBI officials handled the investigation of Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump in a legal and unbiased fashion. I mean, if you if the Democrats were still in charge, they would have a special prosecutor because they did everything based on the polls. They did everything based on how the polls went. If the polls called for a special prosecutor, they would appoint one. If the poll said stop this investigation, it's silly, they would stop it. Forty, You have half of the voters in this country saying, okay, time to investigate the FBI. You have half the voters in this country saying, okay, we approve of what Donald Trump's doing. You have half the voters in this country saying, uh, we, you know, we believe not only that we like what this guy's saying, but we believe more than any any other president in recent history that he's going to get it done. So the tide of the country, or at least the image that's being set forth as to what the tide of this country is, is not reflective in the numbers. You know, if you watch the protests that are on television, if you if you uh, look, go online and you see the photos on Instagram and on Twitter of all these people marching up and down and hating Donald Trump and the, the F this, F that, if you look at all that, but then you look at the actual poll results, then what you have is you have two very distinct and different outlooks. The, the portrayal is that the entire country is against Donald Trump. The reality is that half of the country is for him and believes that he can get it all done. This is Krista. Krista, thanks so much for calling the Mark K Show. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm great, Krista. What do you want to say? Um, you keep saying that he should have released the memo soon. And letting it go on Tuesday is going to make it not as important. My point is that he gave a speech on Tuesday night. They gave him the right to release it after they voted on it Tuesday. So if he would have let that memo come out, it would have just shadowed his address. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he only has till Saturday to release it. So Friday was really the only day he could. Well, I think, you know what, the original plan was to release it yesterday. Uh, and I don't know if the train wreck with the GOP had any problem with it or if he was, you know, he was fly He wanted to, to meet with them. But um, I'll be honest with you, I would have preferred seeing it yesterday. I think you would have had a whole day today for people to go over it. And, and you know, the, the, the usual way of thinking is anything that's released on Friday is just not important. 
And right. No, and I, and I understand that. Yeah. Too. It's just weird how it all came out. It is, it's a time crunch for him. And I do think it, yesterday would have been better. But again, with the train wreck, I, I don't know how he was supposed to do it. Yeah, no, that's but a, I think he's doing phenomenal, personally. It, well, it's a great. Hey, thanks so much for calling. It's a great point, too. And, you know, there were there were people that said, hey, release it during the State of the Union. <laughs> you know, read quotes from it. Uh, 340-1045. I mean, that would have been a problem, and that definitely would have uh, cast a shadow on his great State of the Union. But, look, things move so quickly here. I don't think that releasing a memo two days after the State of the Union would have had a, made a problem. I believe releasing it today really lessens the effect. But, you know, again, what do I know? This is Dave from Green Cove Springs. Hi, Dave. How are you? Hey, buddy. What would you want to say, buddy? I think what's going to happen uh, in my humble analysis is uh, as we approach the uh, election, we're going to see liberals realizing that whether Donald Trump is a man or a beast, he can further their agenda as well. As the Democrats increasingly become ineffective, I think Donald Trump is also to further his agenda to unify the country because he is a great unifier. We're going to see. Democrats, we're going to see liberal organizations flocking to Trump because he will include them and he will advance their agenda somewhat. Well, he's get, so, he. I mean, he's doing it a lot. He, look at the DACA deal he put forth. 1.8 million Dreamers get a path to citizenship, and this is this is way more than anyone even asked for. So there's there's no way the Democrats can say no to that kind of a deal and still have any kind of any kind of uh you know ground to stand on you can't you can't sit there and say hey you know what we uh oh you know we want a path to citizenship for 700,000 people and then get an offer for double that and and say no to it so you're right he is he's giving everybody what he want what they want he's finding out a way to unify the country by making it a win-win for everybody and that's why everybody hates him because nobody else could figure out how to do that dave from uh, green cove, cove springs how are you Oh, no, no, hey, Dave. Hi, Dave. You're still sorry. Uh, Susan. Yeah, I'm still here. I, I agree on what you say. And Hold on. Sorry, I messed up. Susan, are you there? Yes, I am. Uh, hey, Susan, how are you? What would you want to say? Um, I was thinking that it would be a good idea, if because everybody was saying they weren't sure how the memo was going to be released. Right. The memo, Sarah needs to release the memo to hand out a copy to every single news media that is in the room. Like when she goes in and she gives everybody what's happening in the news of the day and she lets them ask questions. And and then look and see which news media turn out the memo exactly the way it was written, just put it on their sites or whatever, instead of piecemealing it and picking it apart, and you'll be able to tell who is really passing out the news. Well, we know who that is. That's a great point, though. I like that. I like set them up to see who's following the rules and who's not. You know, either way, uh, everyone's going to get their hands on it and, and they are going to try to spin it whichever way they can. Uh, we got to take a quick break. Three, four, oh, one, oh, four, five. I almost forgot. We got to do fake news Friday. So if you want to get in on some fake news Friday action, give me a buzz right now. We need two contestants. We have a news one, oh, four, five coffee mug up for grabs. All you have to do is spot the fake news headline. And if you can differentiate the fake news from the real news, you could be a big winner. 340-1045. Call now. Fake News Friday's next on the Marque Show on News 104.5 WOKV. Well, ask and ye shall receive. Release the memo. Woo! Yeah. Trump it up. Trump it up. The memo has been declassified. 
the memo we've all been waiting for regarding the FISA warrants and the interview uh, interviews into the uh, Trump campaign and the investigation has been released. It was declassified by the president. It has been released. Here's what we know so far. This from the Washington Examiner. The Steele dossier formed an essential part of the initial and all three renewal FISA applications against Carter Page. So the dossier that we know now to be fake uh, is the essential uh, part of why any of these FISA applications were granted in the first place. Also, we know that Andrew McCabe, who just recently threw in the towel, who basically just walked off the job uh, earlier this week when he knew that this memo was going to be released, Andrew McCabe confirmed that no FISA warrant would have been sought from the FISA court without the Steele dossier information. So again, the fake dossier, the Trump dossier, is the number one reason why any of these warrants were released. The FBI knew it. Andrew McCabe knew it. Uh, and that's that's probably the most damaging part of this memo. The political origins of the Steele dossier were known to senior DOJ and FBI officials, but excluded from the FISA applications. So the Department of Justice and the FBI officials knew where the dossier came from. They knew exactly where this dossier came from. Uh, DOJ office official Bruce Orr met with Steele beginning in the summer of 2016 and relayed to DOJ information about Steele's bias. Steele told Orr that he was desperate that Donald Trump not get elected president and was and was passionate about him not becoming president. So uh, this is going to be this is it. We've got the rest of the day to break this down. We've got the rest of the day to talk about. I guarantee you're going to have Rush Limbaugh get into this thing uh, in a big way. But the the memo has been declassified. The memo has been released. And basically the, the information we're getting from the beginning is that everything was based on the dossier that turned out to be fake and that the FBI and the DOJ may have actually known where it came from. And that it was political, politically uh, motivated, but they neglected to include that information on their FISA applications. Uh, they wanted to listen in no matter what, because there was this intense hatred and passion uh, toward Donald Trump not becoming president. All right. Like I said, we're going to follow this story all through the weekend. I apologize, Don and Susan. We had to preempt fake news Friday for real news. Which is a nice, you know, that's a nice switch. Uh, coming up this weekend, don't forget, there's the Super Bowl. And there's going to be a lot more on this memo as everybody starts combing through it. Jamie Dupree right now is in Washington, our Washington insider. And he's got all four pages of the memo. And he will be bringing uh, his insight to us. And we will bring it to you. You can check out his blog. Check out WOKV.com for all the latest information on this and all the news. Uh, speaking of which, we've got the news coming up. I'm Mark a. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. And we'll be back Monday because there'll be, there'll be a whole heck of a lot to talk about then. Have a great weekend. See ya. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.